Recently, For the Glory KC has connected with a new additional resource for exciting photographs capturing the world of Kansas City soccer, 7-1 Magazine. Photographer Kevin Firstall takes a different approach than most, using similar lenses and equipment that created iconic photos featuring some of the biggest moments in soccer history. Timeless depth, color, and emotion. Analog methods capturing modern soccer. Go give Kevin a follow on Instagram at 71mag or at 71mag.com. That's 71mag at S E V E N O N E M A G. We're back, just like I said we'd be back. This is For the Glory KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, associate editor at the Kansas City, or KCSoccerJournal.com, probably should get that title right, who will take you a bit more in-depth, and I'm going to be joined, as always, by my wife, the game, Sheena Smith, who gives us that casual perspective. Hey, Sheena, what's up? Hey, Chad, not much. Just following the weather tonight. I'm a weather nerd, as everyone may know, since I give the forecast now. And I'm really in my element tonight watching uh, Weather Channel all day. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm up to. Yeah, we're recording on a Tuesday night. There was a chance this podcast wasn't going to happen because Sheena was too engaged with the weather. But for this episode, we are going to bring you uh, information about a released player for Sporting Kansas City. We're going to preview Sporting KC taking on the Colorado Rapids at Children's Mercy Park. We've got some mailbag questions and, of course, the digital crawl. But she and I heard we have a new review of the podcast. Is that right? That is correct, Chad. And you insist on me reading them. So here we go. This is from K period I period N period G period. I think it's just King, but they said, just started listening after getting destroyed by Seattle, and I feel a lot better or more calm about the season, maybe. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Hey, we have a new follower. That's awesome. I'm not, I like how you didn't know for sure if that spelled King, though. <laughs> you didn't seem certain of no. it as you were saying it. I was just kidding around. I knew it spelled King. I just wanted to be silly and include the periods like they did. Okay, okay, fair enough. I mean, they're cap. Maybe it's an acronym. Maybe it stands for something. That would be a cool acronym, right? If your acronym was King. All right, anyways, let's get to the show. Ben Sweat is no longer a member of Sporting Kansas City. It went down today. This is Tuesday that we're recording. It was kind of like a slow build this morning. A couple of the guys from the KC Soccer Journal were over at practice uh, and they noticed, hey, Ben Sweat's not on the field, but neither was. Tim Leibold or Nemanja Radoya, but those two were hurt and Sweat isn't. So they asked Peter Vermees after practice, hey, where's Ben Sweat? And he basically said, I'll talk about this tomorrow. And then uh, there was a guy on Twitter. I cannot find his name right in front of me. I think his name is like Cutter or something like that. That, that doesn't sound right. I feel like I'm butchering this. Anyways, he said, oh, look, Ben Sweat unfollowed Sporting Kansas City on Instagram and removed any mention of them from his bio. And then a little after 5 p.m., he's gone. What are your initial reactions, Sheena? I was a little surprised. I mean, surprised and not surprised. Surprised in regards to the fact that this actually happened. Not surprised because he didn't deserve to be on the team based on the way he was playing. So, yeah, kind of shocking. What were your thoughts, Chad? 
Yeah, I'm not no I don't know if shocked is the right word. I Peter was pretty upset. I mean, he used the word pissed after the press conference whenever the Seattle game went down. And Ben Sweat was pretty culpable in that game. He had some harsh words, but he was generic, right? He wasn't saying specifically Ben Sweat, but at times he was definitely referring to Ben Sweat. And we've said on this podcast before we blame Sweat pretty hard after that Seattle loss. But he, there's a straight line that can be drawn between all three losses and Ben Sweat mistakes, the Seattle offside followed by the red card from Sweat, the Portland home opener where he saves, saves, quote unquote, the ball off the goal line, but turns it over immediately. And then like two passes later, it's a goal. And then the game against Dallas where he passes into a Dallas player's feet and then they score like a pass or two later. So just really bad mistakes from him. And I don't know, it's not unprecedented for Peter Vermees to do this. You'll remember... Jose Maury last year played a whole whopping 27 minutes for sporting in the opener against Atlanta. He subbed on, played like hot garbage, and then subbed back out, which you rarely see. And then he was gone by midweek. And if you remember um, Emiliano Amor, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that name right. He wasn't here for very long. He was jettisoned in like the middle of the 2018 season. I think it was like a U.S. Open Cup game that he played like not so great in and then his loan was terminated and he was sent back to Argentina. So it's not like this never happens, but it's always a little bit surprising when a guy is just suddenly gone. I wanted to clarify, Chad, the person um, you retweeted, his or her name is Cutter Whitley or Whiteley. Okay. I did have it right. It was Cutter. I wasn't wrong. Way to go. Yeah. Or cuter. I guess it could be cuter, but Cutter makes the most sense. Yeah, I doubt it's cuter. But, it's hilarious. I hope he's listening. That would be great. He needs to at me and correct, <laughs> correct you if we have this wrong. Chad, I had a question for you. Is it typical, do you think, for players when they're no longer on a team to unfollow like the team they were playing on and all the media they had, um, like social media stuff with them and like the team's like jerseys and stuff? It seems kind of petty to delete it all, but I don't know. Maybe that's normal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if petty is the right word or not, but it's definitely something that happens. I can remember like players in the NFL, like removing all mentions of their team from their account, like when they're in a contract negotiation that's not going well. I specifically remember Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray doing this, and then he re-signed. It was still their quarterback and like put his social media and his mentions of that back up. He's just the name that comes to mind immediately. I know there are other players that have done it. We're in a social media age. So it's it's funny. I I try to follow this is this is kind of weird, but I'm just gonna say it anyways. I end up following all the players like wives and girlfriends just to see if they'll drop any news about their players, you know, their their spouses, significant others, whatever. And I randomly replied to this person the other day and I was like, why, who is this person? Why am I following them? And they're like Ben Sweat's wife or girlfriend, and they have like almost the exact same flooring in their house as we do. So look, we got more in common with Ben Sweat than you thought. Oh, ew. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if you love our flooring. It was uh, the pandemic, so we yeah. bought the flooring that was available at the time. It's pretty good, though. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. Maybe it's her great Anyways, taste. Going Maybe back she's to got ben great taste sweat. in flooring. So, Chad, do we know, has he made any statements or anything as of yet? As of this recording, it's been radio silence on the Ben Sweat front. Yeah, I'm not sad about this. I I wish it would have happened sooner. And it kind of sucks it took him getting a red card suspension for PV to evaluate or realize how bad he was playing. 
And you could say what you want that there wasn't other players, but I don't know. I feel like you could have put Cam Duke back there if Ben Sweat was playing bad. I feel like there was always somebody, even if it wasn't ideal. I think that's completely fair, but it is what it is. He's gone now, but we did have some questions. I I opened up a mailbag, and I'm going to get to a more proper mailbag later, but there was some very Ben Sweat-specific questions, so this feels like a good time to talk about it. The first question came in from Thomas at Smith of Snow on Twitter. Do you think the original plan was to sign Leibold and release Sweat in the preseason before the Ndimbe injury. And I said, I don't, I don't really think so. But I wrote an article back then saying it didn't make sense to have three left backs taking up three senior roster spots, right? You only have 20 senior roster spots. How do you tie up three of them with them? Maybe the plan was to move on from somebody. I don't know if it was going to be Sweat or if maybe Ndembe was going to get sold or transferred, but it never made sense to have three left backs. I don't know specifically if this was the plan. What's your gut reaction? I'm not sure if that was the plan, but it seems like it very well could be. And maybe the plan ideally was to keep sweat until Leibold was uh, completely returning, but um, and not injured anymore, but uh, something got escalated. If if that was the plan, I'm not really sure. All right. We got another question kind of in the same vein from Ian E.W. Von Fange. I'm sure I'm messing that at Elias underscore Wolfgang on Twitter. It says, in light of the sweat announcement, does libeled signing seem to make at least a little bit more sense now? Sweat was a liability much of last season as well. Maybe PV was trying to mitigate potential damage he might do or this worst case scenario for him or this. Yeah, I don't know. That <laughs> question threw me off at the end. I think it makes more sense now. I actually, we wrote an article about this back when it was still the blue testament.com where myself and david greenwald kind of argued like he was saying that the libeled signing makes no sense and i was trying to defend why it could potentially make sense because maybe he's the guy and one of these other guys is going to be gone and left back was still an area peter vermees is always trying to fix ever since seth sinovic left and yeah i think this kind of justifies him a little bit and that maybe Ben Sweat was a bad signing to begin with before the 2022 season, but he was on a two-year guaranteed deal and they were just going to ride it out until the wheels came off. Yeah, that definitely feels like it could make sense. I I don't have anything more to add on that. All right. And then one last very serious question from a married Raven called Ben at Raven Ben Bob on Twitter. That's a fun one. Scale of nine to 10. This one's specifically for you, Sheena. Scale of nine to 10. How happy are we about the Ben Sweat announcement? I'm definitely a 10. I wasn't a huge fan. And I know maybe some of that is based on the interactions you had with them, which you discussed in a previous podcast. So I'm not sad about it. But I feel like it would have to sting a little bit. I mean, anytime you lose a job that that sucks. And I, I was thinking about it earlier, like when I first heard it, and I was like, Man, could you imagine if like Chad, for example, if you were released from your job and then you went online and you could see what everybody had to say about it? Like, hopefully he's not doing that. But if he is like maybe he thought he was a fan favorite. And if he's for the first time looking and realizing that's not the case, that would just be like an extra blow to the news. But yeah, not sad, not going to miss his greasy hair. I don't know. I wish him luck in the future. And hopefully if he's on another team, he won't make us 
those many mistakes. How about you? Yeah, uh, I'll say nine out of 10. I'll be more generous than you. It is always tough when someone loses a job, but I do think the team will be better for it in the long run. He's making mistakes. Again, maybe these three losses or draws or something else plays out in these games. Maybe wins. Who knows if not for those mistakes. But enough of piling on Ben. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more For the Glory, KC. All right, and we are back. Up next, we're going to preview the game this Saturday, Sporting Kansas City versus the Colorado Rapids. The game's going to be, of course, on Apple MLS Season Pass. It is behind the paywall, so you got to pay, or, of course, you could go to the stadium. This is only the third home game of the season. It's kind of wild, right? Colorado's coming to town. This is the second time Sporting have played the Rapids this season. The first game was a 0-0 draw in Colorado. Very ugly, you may remember Susie almost had an own goal. There was a goal called back for Colorado that was offside. And Sporting was completely ineffective on offense, although you could mix that up with almost any of their games this season, to be fair. So both teams enter the game 0-3-3, both still searching for their first win. They are last and next to last in the Western Conference. The only reason Sporting are ahead of Colorado is because they've given up one less goal, only a negative five on their goal differential. However, Colorado have maybe stabilized things a little bit. They have back-to-back draws against Austin and LAFC. I don't know if you've heard of them, the defending MLS Cup champions. And then it's a big tie, basically, at the bottom of the standings all across the league. The LA Galaxy, Real Salt Lake, and CF Montreal also just have three points through these first few games. So Colorado, Sheena, is this a must-win game? I don't know if it's a must-win game, but I think they should win. They're playing at home. Colorado's technically a worse team than they are. And even if Colorado's on the upswing, I would also say we might be on the upswing. We didn't lose last week in Philadelphia, and we have some of our players back. We have Johnny Russell. We saw our first glimpses of Polito. Tamilia's back in goalie. So uh, we have Rosero who just came. So we have some promising looks. And so it's not a must win. But I think if you want to be in the fans' good graces again, I think you should win. What do you think? Yeah, there was a whole lot made last week of Peter Vermees saying no game a must win if it's not a final and technically no it's not a must win but it feels like sporting really need to win this game they are a much different team as you stated since the last time they played colorado back in week two they have all this talent coming out they've gotten the defense seems to maybe have some solutions out there even if the left back situation is in turmoil and who knows what's going on there I'll give you a little bit of an update around the team. I mentioned Tim Leibold, not at practice. Uh, Nemanja Radoya, not at practice. Caden Pierre was at practice. He's out there just doing fitness, though, kind of jogging around the field. So we saw Russell doing that a few weeks before he returned. So he's probably not going to be back. But who was out there practicing was Logan Ndembe. He was doing team drills. So it's possible that Logan is getting close. I remember at Media Day, which is about a month ago or so at this point, they said Ndembe was the furthest off. So I think it's interesting to see, you know, will he be back before Kenda? And then obviously some injuries happened since then that, you know, we couldn't account for. But I don't know that he'll be back. But I think that's something, you know, the fact that he's back out there and doing team drills, like playing like game-like competitions with each other. So maybe we see Logan Ndembe again. I, I suspect it's probably going to be Robert Volader again at left back. Although don't rule out, as you mentioned, Cam Duke played left back for SKC2 this weekend, put in a 90-minute shift. 
probably because they knew they were going to release Ben Sweat this week and wanted to see how can Duke play at left back. Yeah, that's a really valid point. You know, we thought maybe they were having Cam Duke as like a backup, but really maybe it was they had other plans with releasing Ben Sweat, which if they do lose, we won't be able to blame Ben Sweat anymore. So it'll be, I don't know if interesting is the word, but if they do lose, it'll it will make us realize that maybe it wasn't all just Ben Sweat, which I think we know, but he was an easy target. Yeah, and I I blame Ben for a lot, but he is not the only reason they're losing, obviously. If they could score some dang goals, like they have three 0-0 shutouts this year. If they'd have scored goals in those games, those are wins, right? So they got to start to figure out a way to score. Hopefully, the addition of Russell and Polito help with that. Let's talk a little bit about Colorado so we can prep for them. A little bit of off-season maneuvering for the Rapids. Since they the season ended, they lost their striker, Giassi Zardes. And they lost left back Lucas Estevez. He's a Brazilian left back who was on loan. Also, former SKC man Felipe Gutierrez was on loan at Colorado. And he has actually gone overseas, as we talked about in another podcast. Some additions on the team. They've added designated player Andreas Maxos. They also added designated player Kevin Cabral from the LA Galaxy. But he doesn't even start. It's it's an interesting trade. We'll see how that plays out. They've added midfielder Connor Ronan from Wolverhampton in the English Premier League. He's former teammates of Jack Price. And speaking of Jack Price, he had missed the game last time with Sporting. He's one of their best players. And then since then, he's come back from his injury and he's out for the season. He's gotten injured and he's done. They did get back Diego Rubio. So we know that he'll probably score against Sporting because that's what tends to happen. Former players come to town and get goals. A few other injury bits from last week's injury report. The new one won't be out till close to the end of the week. Yaya Torre is out, Moise Bombito, Abubakar Keita, and then questionable Cole Bassett with a hamstring. We know those injuries can linger a bit. And Brian Galvan, he's a winger who's been struggling with a groin injury. So Colorado has a lot of players, a lot of speed. They could give Sporting trouble, but I agree. Sporting need to find a way to beat this team. You have any other thoughts about Colorado before the game? Well, I do think Diego Rubio will go in and score a goal since he is notorious for doing that against us. But I do want to go over the forecast for Saturday. The good news is that it's going to be sunny. Um, The high for the day is 68. Kickoff is around 730, I believe. So it won't be that warm. Um, It should be about 55 to 60 degrees at kickoff. So as of now, that could always change because it's the Midwest. But yeah, it should be a good night for soccer. Yep, sounds like perfect soccer weather. Perfect soccer weather to experience a home game, too, to get out there. Honestly, with the sun down, if it's in the 50s, it might be kind of cool. But I know the players would rather play in conditions like that. And then hopefully that'll allow guys that are working their way back to fitness to play longer because not being so hot and worn down by the end of the game. Any predictions, Sheena, for what's going to happen on Saturday night? My prediction is that it's going to be a a draw. It's going to be a one-one draw. You said they need to win and they're going to get another draw. They do need to win, but I don't... I don't know. They had they've only had what one or two goals this season. So two goals all I, year. Yeah, two goals. So I feel like Colorado's definitely going to score, and I just don't know that they're going to be able to score more goals, unfortunately. But you know, I, I also called last week. I said that Sporting was going to lose against the Philadelphia Union. So 
what do I know? They they had a tie last weekend. That's I'm fair. assuming you think know? they're going to win. It's time to win. Yes, they need to win. They're going to win. I think Sporting Kansas City are going to win this game. I have no idea what the score is. I don't know who's going to score the goals, but something is positive is going to happen. Sporting are going to win. The ship riding starts on Saturday. Last time I predicted a win, it went really well. They lost 4-1 to to Seattle. So what do I know? <laughs> yeah, what do either of us know? Something needs to change and it makes the team better. They made some, cha- they made significant changes last week. And the team drew a really pretty solid Philadelphia Union side. It's kind of interesting. Colorado drew LAFC. Sporting drew Philly. The, the Both of those teams were in MLS Cup last year. And then they had draws to literally the worst teams in the league. So um, that's kind of wild. But Sporting are not the worst team in the league, even though their record says they are. I feel good. I feel that things are going to start happening. Saturday's a step in the right direction. That's my prediction. Well, I All hope right. you're right. All right. Let's go to the mailbag. We got two more questions. So we kind of knocked some of the other ones out since they were Ben Sweat specific. But the next question comes from Caden Shoemaker at Caden Shoe on Twitter said, what position needs to be addressed the most in regards to a new signing? Don't feel like we have any holes right now, yet we still perform poor. Caden, it's like you took the words out of my mouth. I look up and down this roster and I don't feel like there are a lot of holes on the roster. They just need to be healthy. Nemanja Bedoya looks really good for his 30 minutes while he's on the field. Defensive midfielder, I'd say, is kind of a hole because it forces Remy to play further back on the field. But Radoya is already there. Uh, the attack has kind of been a hole, but you just get Russell and Polito back. I don't know, Sheena, are there moves that you think the team needs to make, positions they need to make additions at? If I was going to pick a spot, I guess I would say who is the backup for Daniel Shallowy if something were to happen to him? I think they could go a lot of directions with that. Marinos Janis is probably the primary backup. And then you could actually play Eric Tommy at left wing. He has a history of playing out wide left. So if you had Gadi Kinda back and... Remy playing further up in the midfield and Nemanja playing deeper in the midfield. You could play Tommy at left wing. I think left wing is kind of okay. Maybe backup right wing behind Johnny Russell. We've seen that's a problem. Okay, then I had one other position in mind. Uh, right now, Caden Pierre is out. But if something were to happen to Graham Zussi, who would be playing for him? Would it be Cam Duke? Like who? Maybe he needs like a more solid backup. I don't know. Yeah, I think it'd probably be Cam Duke. Jake Davis played there for a few minutes in that Seattle game to help kill it off at the end. So maybe he could play back there. He played defensive midfielder for SKC2 the other day. So I don't think right back's his primary spot. But you can't have too much money tied up in these spots. Maybe long term, the real answer is like a starter at right back that's not Graham Zussi, who's 36 years old. Zussi's played fine. I have nothing really against his play this year. Kind of got beat in the Seattle game, but sort of everybody did. The team didn't look great. So long term, if you don't think Caden Pierre is the answer, maybe a starting right back. I don't know. I feel like I'm reaching. I really think this roster is super talented. And gosh, I just wish they could all be on the field together at the same time. And maybe this goes to what a lot of people would like me to give as an answer here. Maybe manager is the position that needs to be addressed because who keeps signing all these players that are super injury prone and running practices where people get hurt all the time? I don't think that's the answer, but I think a lot of people think Peter is the answer. Yeah, I don't know if I am sure yet if I think the manager needs to be replaced. I mean, I guess if they continue losing, I feel like a lot of these signings were so last minute. I feel like that's why there's so many injuries that like with the new players is that they came in either not healthy, but Peter saw the potential in them or they just weren't up to, you know, peak fitness and they got injured easily because of that. So I don't know. I want to see how this 
season plays. I'm not too fond of Peter right now, but you know, it's still really early in the season. And so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for just a little bit longer. All right. 28 games to go. You're right. Plenty of time, even though everybody hates hearing that. Just three points out of the final playoff spot. Just pick up a win, guys. Let's do it this Saturday. Okay. The next question is from Ben Oviat. It's Ben Oviat one on Twitter. How worried are we if we don't emerge with a win this weekend? Also, do you think Allen starts on Saturday and goes a little past 30 minutes that he got with Philly? So we kind of addressed the win thing already. What do you think? Is Polito going to start? I don't know if he's going to start. I don't think so. What I would like to see is Johnny Russell start again and then Polito come on earlier than he did against the Union. So him and Johnny Russell can play together for a bit. I think Polito needs some more play time because he wasn't super impressive on Saturday, but he also hasn't played since 2021. So like I'm forgiving of the fact he didn't score, even though I'm pretty sure you predicted he was going to come on and score in Philadelphia. I predicted he was going to come on and score against Seattle and Ben Sweat run that by getting oh. a card and never got to come in. Okay. I just remembered you saying he was going to come <laughs> yeah, on and You're not score. wrong. That was within the last couple of <laughs> weeks. I made a wild prediction like that. What do you think? So I think that I wouldn't have predicted that he was going to start. But the thing that bummed me out the most about the Philly game was Russell leaving when Polito was coming on. So they didn't get to play together, to your point. Maybe it'd be best if Polito did 30 the other day. Could he not do 45 the next game? You'd think he'd be built up to be able to go a little further. If he can play at least a half, start him with Russell. Let him play together. Let's see what can happen. And then Willie coming on as a sub could be really a jolt. Maybe that's what Willie needs, right? Hey, you're not... A guaranteed starter you need to be motivated you come off the bench he's energized comes in and scores a goal perhaps i don't know i think things could uh that could be okay i could be down with that we'll see yeah i think it, that would be i would like to see them play and i was saying for the philadelphia game i wanted to see polito start with johnny russell and or i think what i was saying is i wanted polito to start and johnny russell to come in at halftime because i wanted polito to make an immediate impact and i thought we had more chances to score if he was starting so we could get ahead in that game so i'm still for that idea but i i do want to see and i think the fans want to see and i think we deserve to see our two starters start together especially because peter's been saying for a while that like we have some of our biggest players injured and so the two biggest players are now coming back so I think we all deserve to get to see them play together so Chad earlier tonight we were talking about before we decided we were going to do our podcast we were talking about Ben Sweat being released and one of the points that you had made that I found to be interesting and I just Maybe you can articulate it better than I'm about to. But one of the, the points that either you had or maybe you saw it online is that you're not really seeing pushback from the fan base. Like nobody seems upset by this. But you compared Ben Sweat to Kyrie Shelton, where nobody really likes Kyrie as a player, but everyone likes him as a person. Am I doing this like am i saying this correctly yeah what i saw somebody tweeted it online was something to the effect of 
no one's out here defending Ben Sweat after he's getting cutting. Everybody is celebrating his release. They're all happy about it. And there would be an element of that with Kyrie, but there's always people coming to Kyrie's defense talking about his character and talking about what a good guy is. And, you know, there's all the, you, I mean, you had a personal experience where he stayed, he was the last person in the stadium signing you know, things for kids and whatnot. And I think, you know, he just seems like a character guy. I hope that none of them read or listen to things like this because uh, every time I interact with Kyrie, he's super, super pleasant. And I've shared stories about how Ben Sweat was less pleasant to deal with. And I don't know, probably just a, a better, a better guy. I think you're probably, that's probably right. Whoever had that take, apologies that I'm not remembering who said that. Yeah, I agree. I think Kyrie seems like a really good guy, which makes me want him to be a really good player. Like, I want everyone to like him because he truly does seem like a good person. And we see those glimpses of his, like, he can be a good player. I don't feel like he's playing in the right position, even if that is like his best position. I don't think it is. But yeah, it's like, I want to see, I want to see everyone's success. Like, I don't like talking negatively, but I talk more out of frustration when things aren't going well. So hopefully, you know, maybe some of the players take it. Ben Sweat's release as like maybe a wake up call that, hey, maybe things aren't set in stone just because you have a contract or whatever. So maybe it'll push some players to be even better. You know what I just realized, Sheena, as you were having that kind of that like, laying out that thought there for me, the team has never won since this podcast has existed. We started in the off season after last season, and then there were six games into this season and they've yet to win. We don't know how we're going to react when there's a victory because it literally hasn't happened since our podcast started. Oh my gosh, that's bananas. Okay, well, don't put that on. Don't put that on us. That is not. We're not the ones going. Oh, we're not playing the, playing the games. It's game. not our. It's not our fault. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it's purely coincidental that that's a thing. I doubt any of the players will listen to us. But if you do, hey. But yeah, <laughs> don't don't put this on us. This isn't our fault. We want the best for y'all. You know, it's funny because on Reddit, I think maybe today. I was talking to Kevin Lopez. He's the guy that does the, used to what was called SKC TV, does those little live streams of the games and he reacts to them. And I said, Kevin, I've low key been blaming you because your channel started last year and sporting has been terrible since your channel existed. And he, I don't remember if he just liked it and thumbs it up and moved on with his life or not. But you know, hey, we're both cursed apparently. So we'll see. Um, and in all fairness, there's like a handful of other new podcasts that have started since ours. So it's not just us. It's the okay. fact that so many people want to podcast about sporting Kansas City. <laughs> it's too much pressure for them, I think is what it is. I don't think they know or care about most think, of our existence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. It's not us. Like I said, we're not the ones out there playing the game. I think it's been an unfortunate series of injuries and someday this roster will be all better. And then if things still aren't going well, that's a different conversation. But you know, we're only what this is game seven of the season coming up on Saturday. Yep. So still plenty of time. And I know people get mad about that. But that's I mean, that's truly just if fact wise that's that's the fact there's still a lot of time left in the season so chill if you're panicking or about to throw in the towel to sporting if you do fine but don't come crawling back when they're doing good 
That's fine. You can crawl back when they're doing good. That's how people are, right? People get on the bandwagon. I get it. It's 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 annoying to watch things not go your way. It's like you need happiness in your life. It's like how I don't like watching sad movies. I want to watch stuff that's fun or happy or thrilling or whatever, but I don't want to watch downer things because it's like there's enough downer stuff in life anyways. Sports shouldn't bring you down too, but almost always statistically your team's well, not going to win the championship. So it is what it is. Well, sometimes you need a good cry and those sad movies are okay or those sad teams who never win. So it's fine. And the only time you cry is during sports. So, I mean, I think a few more losses, you might need to shed a tear. Yeah, I don't cry over losing usually. It's usually the happy ones like Rudy. Don't get me started on Rudy. All right. Let's go to the digital crawl, y'all. We just have a couple quick stories and we'll get you out of here today. The Kansas City Current are adding a camera so you can watch the construction of their new stadium, the first purpose-built women's soccer stadium in the world. You can find that stream on their website. They went vertical today on Tuesday, so they put up their first steel beams and that thing is going into the air. Pretty exciting. It is exciting. The local news has been covering it like crazy today since I've been watching uh, the news all day for the weather. So yeah, I've seen it a couple times and they've gotten like fan reactions and people are excited. So yeah, I'll have to check out the, the live stream at some point. I don't know how exciting it would be outside of like a eight to five schedule, but you never know. I don't know when they do construction. I just need a time lapse in my life. You know, just show me a nice time lapse of yeah. things going up. So if they videotape it all, then there'll be a time yeah, lapse. We'll be I able agree. to look back on it. All right. And our last uh, if story. Somebody is, wait, if somebody is spending their day watching the construction, I'd be curious to know how many people are doing that because I can't imagine it's that exciting as a whole. But yeah, time lapse would be cool. Yeah, I think you would probably just check in and see how it's doing and then turn it off. I don't imagine you spend hours watching it, although people watch weird stuff on the internet. So who knows? That's true. Our last story, U.S. Soccer released their new jerseys for 2019. This includes the ones that will be worn at the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. See you all over there. What did you think, Sheena? What do you what do you think about these designs? I think the white jersey is kind of fun. It reminds me of like splatter paint or something. And the blue one is fine. I'm not like overly into it. How about you? Yeah, I think they're both pretty mediocre. The blue one looks like a lot of other teams have had a very, very similar blue one. The Netherlands, by the way, who eliminated the men from the World Cup, they had a very similar jersey. The white one is my favorite of the two. Yeah, but it looks like splatter paint. It looks like something I could have made. I don't know. Like, how how much money are these people at Nike getting paid to design these jerseys? There's simple solutions out there. The Waldos, the the red and white stripes, those things are iconic. I love a good hoops jersey, though, as I'm on the record of saying on this podcast before. Hey, maybe Alex Morgan and some of the other big players had their kids come and splatter paint the jerseys, and that's how they came up with the design. There you go. That's probably what it was. That the would children be fun. Yeah, that's fun. That's I'm going to go with that because that's the only thing that logically makes sense on why they would pick that. All right, y'all. Well, if you've made it this far in the podcast already and you have not, go ahead, please subscribe. Tell your Kansas City soccer friends they need to listen as well. Just search for The Glory KC wherever you get the best podcasts. If you've enjoyed the show and we're really pushing you because of all the weird randomness of this episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review or... 
you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on social media at For the Glory KC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Email us for the glory KC at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Play for 90. Here's Christian Leo with Write It Like Communion. Take care, everybody. Bye.